Thank you for listening to Truth in Life, a concise Christian belief series. This class was taught on a Sunday morning at Christ the Word Church because we believe that God's Word is truth and that His truth should shape our lives. For more information on our church, visit ChristTheWord.com. Um, well, in this class, we're going to be going through Christ and mankind. We're going to be talking, that's the overall uh, uh, theme of the course of the six-week uh, session. Okay, in each of these weeks, we're going to be looking at a different aspect of that. Um, it's called Christ and Mankind because that sounds better than Mankind and Christ. Uh, but we're going to be starting this week today with Mankind. Okay, and we're going to be looking at how we were created as man uh, in the world. So we're going to be looking at creation uh, today. <clears throat> okay, so this is what we're going to be looking at. Uh, man in the image of God. So how we were made in the image of God. Uh, and then some aspects of that. So man's control, man's authority, man's presence, and then man as God's son. That's how we're made in. Okay? So we're going to read through Genesis 1 okay, uh, this morning. I have it up on the slide. I'm going to ask some people to, to read. But if you have your Bibles, uh, either on your phones or with you, pull that out. We're going to go through the entire Genesis 1 and read that. To spend about five minutes reading that uh, and look at the creation account. Okay, <clears throat> so if I can have a volunteer, Max, can you read this first page? So each week there's going to be scripture up here in the back. Can you guys see this? Okay, some say yes, some say no. Okay, um, that this will be this. What we will uh, there will be scripture on the on on the screen. Hopefully you guys can see it. If not, uh, just let me know and uh, but or listen while we will, I will have different people read. So we're. Going to go through all of Genesis 1 this morning. Max, if you can help start us off, please. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was evening, and there was morning, one day. Then God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. God made the expanse and separated the waters which were below the expanse from the waters, which were above the expanse, and it was so. God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening, there was morning, a second day. David, will you continue for us? Sure. Then God said, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after their kind with seed in them. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind. And God saw that it was good. There was evening, and there was morning, third day. Okay, please continue. Then God said, Let there be Sorry. lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also he made the stars also. God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to govern the day and the night. 
and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. Thank you. I'll continue. <clears throat> then God said, let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarmed after their kind and every winged bird after its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. There was evening, there was morning, a fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. God made the beasts of the earth after their kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth, and every tree which has fruit yielding seed. It shall be fruit for you. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. <clears throat> so, as we think about Genesis 1, okay, as we look through it, uh, we, we should be asking ourselves two questions. Uh, they're simple, basic, but helpful. So first, what do we learn about God here? And I'm awkward, I'm okay with being awkward, and I expect participation. I'm okay with having awkward silence, so... Okay, what do you mean? Okay, okay, all right. He is creator, created everything. Good. Excuse me? Always existed, okay? He existed before time, right? He spoke creation into existence, right? Okay, good. Okay, what else? Ah, okay. Everything he made was good. What do we learn about God from that? Okay. So God is good. Okay. And everything that he created was good at this time. Okay. And we'll talk about sin and, and the corruption of sin and how that corrupted everything later on in this class. We'll go through that. But in this point, when things were first created, they were good and they were, per they were sinless. They were perfect. Right. Okay. All right. What else? Ah, okay, so there's power in, in his word, absolutely, okay, and he spoke it and it came to existence, and we'll talk about some of the aspects of man being that same power of language, that, that is something that is passed on to us as, as men and women that is given to us, but God's power in language is huge, okay, and we not only have his spoken word, right, we have his written word that he gave to us, and Jesus is the living word as well. So language speech is a huge aspect of God, okay? All right, good. What else? Powerful. Okay. Able to create all these 
to reduce, you know, produce huge amounts of energy, create all these planets and so forth. Okay. Yeah. And there's, there's an organization to it, right? There's a, there's a, uh, uh, a system of how they are created, right? In terms of, a, in terms of it's not just chaos. It is created in a specific order, right? There's order, okay? Power in that, okay? What else? Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll talk. Great. We'll talk about that, definitely. All right, well, we learn a lot, a lot about God, so keep that in mind as we're going through this. What do we learn about man? All right, we'll talk about work. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk about, about what he is uh, called to do by God. Okay, all right. <clears throat> yeah, Bill. Okay, yeah, and that's a big thing, and we're going to talk specifically about that today, and a lot of other things will, will tie into all that, okay? But if you look at, at this passage that's up here, verse 26 through the end, it's, there's, before this, before this, these days, there's kind of a, a rhythm, right? He speaks something into existence, talks a little bit about, about it, and says, you know, end of the day, you know, the, the first day, the second day, the third day. So it's, it, there's kind of a rhythm that goes through. When we get to man... Now, there's a break in this rhythm, right? Beasts are created, beasts uh, on dry land, but now that God says, let us make man in our own image, right? So this is specific and separate from all the rest of creation, right? Okay. <clears throat> we also see an, an implication of the Trinity here, right? It says, let us, it uses the plural for God, let us make a man in our own image, Okay, so it doesn't, Scripture doesn't say specifically God is a Trinitarian God. No, but they're implied things like this passage and the first passage when the Spirit was over the waters, God spoke, the Word being Jesus, being the spoken Word of Jesus was there in the beginning as well. So we learn about God as a triune God uh, and in His love for man that this is separate and distinct. Creating man in His image is specific and for a purpose, right? Okay. What else do we learn about man? Okay. All right. Yep. So male and female. And we'll talk more about that next week. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it created both of them here. Uh, and both are in his image. And we'll talk about that uh, more next week. Okay. Ah, all right. So we'll, we'll talk about authority. That's one of my specific points is the authority that God has given to us that stem from him, right? Being able to pass that, that on to us. Yeah. Okay. All right. Other thoughts? I like it. I like the participation. It's great. Great. <clears throat> Especially off the first day. So that's great. Um, so part of uh, being a pastor, you have to memorize the order of these six days. And I've been doing this with my children. Do you, guys, do you guys know the order of the six days? Day one? Night and day. Okay, day two? Okay, heaven and earth. Okay. Day three? Yep, season land. Day four? 
sun, moon, and stars. So the, if three and, and the other three kind of coincide. So day and night, are, uh, and sun, moon, and stars with lights, okay? Heaven and earth, and doesn't, this one doesn't necessarily coincide that great, but uh, things of the sky and the sea, right? Beasts, creatures of the sky and the sea. And then six, creatures on dry land, right? And man, right? So day six is the only day that has something uh, that's mentioned twice, man specifically mentioned, uh, special to that, right? Okay? <clears throat> All right, so that's, that's, those are them. So man was so important and unique that it's the only time when this phrase, let us make, is used in this creation narrative, right? So everything else is spoken into existence, but then here God has a counsel with himself to say, let us make this, okay? And John Murray says that this term, let us make, indicates that there's a unique engagement of divine thought and counsel. Like God specifically thought about doing this. And it shows the fact that something correspondingly unique and special is about to take place. So the fact that it is separate and that God had counsel within himself to make man is important and key because we are made in God's image, okay? <clears throat> All right, so what, uh, in, in terms of being made in God's image, when you hear that, you know, at times that's kind of thrown around, what comes to mind? Okay, okay, a moral nature. All right. Okay. What else? We're made in God's image. Okay, all right, so there's, there's uh, an eternal aspect with our soul, right? Um, there's a thinking aspect with our mind, right? And those are all attributes of God. And God will talk about God doesn't have a body, but he's made us a physical being, right? And he made Jesus, his son, a physical being as well, okay? So, yep, all of those are, are part of that, okay? What else? Okay, all right, we'll, we'll talk about that, absolutely, absolutely. We are under, under God's authority, but he has established in verse 27 20 and 28 to give us that dominion over the earth, right? Okay, all right, and what, that's called the cultural mandate, and we'll get into that and what that looks like and what that means, okay? But what else, when, when, when we think of that, that, that phrase, made in the image of God, what else comes to mind? Jason, what's that? Okay, all right, so we reflect his, his image, right? Yeah, yeah. John Calvin says it's a, we're a mirror of God's glory, right? Okay, God is a spirit. He doesn't have a physical body, but in terms of characteristics and likeness, right? He says, make me in, my, in your likeness, in your image, right? And that, that means more of our characteristics than our actual, God's made us all different as well in terms of how we look, right? But that our bodies are part of God's image that he's given us as well, okay? What's that? Absolutely, absolutely. And that, that's part of our, our, of our calling as, man, as men as well. As, and when I say man, I mean all, uh, all of us, man, uh, men and women that are called, right? So the universal uh, man, <clears throat> all right? So some basic simplistic things, right? We're separate and distinct from the animals. God has made us in his image, right? God has given us... 
specific characteristics that are different, okay? <clears throat> so what, what type of characteristics of God comes to mind when, when you think of certain characteristics that are given to us as the image of God? Creativity, Creativity. okay. How so? You're absolutely right. But how, does, how, do, how is that different from animals, and how does that apply to being in the image of God? Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we can come up with those things. We can use tools, right? Make instruments, all those things. Reason, think past a basic subsistence uh, living, right? Okay, yeah, so creativity, that's a good one. What else? In terms of characteristics of God. Okay, okay, so we'll talk about holiness, right? That's definitely an aspect that he's given us. And in, the, in this creation narrative, Adam, man, is holy at that point, right? He is sinless at that point, but still called to obey God, right? And expected to obey God as well, right? Okay? Okay, okay, yes. And how is that? So it's, uh, animals don't really love emotionally, right? He's give us part of emotions, empathy, sympathy, right? A, a dog may wag its tail and, and have its tongue out, right? And, and come up and rub against you, but it can't say, it can't speak, which speech is a big one, right? But also doesn't have those types of emotions um, that we, and, and that love. And scripture says God is love, right? And so he's given us part of that image to, to love as well, okay? All right. You guys are getting on my list. You're doing good. You're making my job easy this morning. So, <clears throat> other thoughts on characteristics of God? Animals don't have souls. Yeah. Ah, eternality, right? Animals do not have souls. Absolutely. God's given us a soul, and, and, and in that, there's, a, there's an eternal aspect to that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, so God's image bearers, we represent the best of God's creation, right? He saved it for last to organize all these other things for us, right? So even if a person has not professed his faith in Christ as a creator, as Savior, as Lord, we're to treat them with dignity because every member, every person is made in the image of God, right? They may not, they may not believe and they, <clears throat> they may still be corrupted and, and be an unbeliever as we are corrupted and not believe in Jesus. But it's not irre irreparable, okay? The fallen man is far from the ideal man, but he's still a person. He or she is still a person made in God's image. And that's the greatness and the tragedy of our race is that the fall happened, but we were made perfect, okay? And we'll look at what the fall, the, the corruption of the fall later. But Francis Schaeffer, a theologian in the 70s, said there are no little people, okay? Because people are made in the image of God. And C.S. Lewis said there are no ordinary people. Again, because they're made in the image of God. So the ones who we, we encounter every day, even those that are unbelievers, have souls and, and are eternal beings as well. All right. So you guys got most of my uh, list that I came up with of certain characteristics. All right. So <clears throat> let's just go through these real quick. Speech. How is that different from the animals? And how is that an aspect of God? 
I know we've said this, touched on this a little bit, but. Okay. All right. Yep. Now, animals too, do have a type of communication, right? Sort of, right? But it's one type, right? They, they have one call, one, one type of communication, that's it, right? God has given us different types of communication as well. Okay. All right. <clears throat> All right. So speech is one main difference. God speaks and the world is created and the power of speech is clear. God creates man with the characteristic of language and then speaks to him directly, okay? And in the Gospel of John, John 1, we see God sent his son Jesus Christ into the world with, as the word, right? The, the, the Greek word is logos, which means word, all right? And so our church is named Christ the Word because he is the living word, right? Given to us. And so speech is an attribute of God that's given uh, to us, and we are to use it, and there's power in that, okay? So... Uh, Todd mentioned love, okay? God is love. Scripture is clear on that. Our ability to love others, again, to have empathy, sympathy, make us different as well as in the image of God, right? God has, has empathy and sympathy. He loves his people, okay? And so, so our ability to love is, an, is part of our image uh, of God that he's given us, okay? Creativity. Animals are not creative, they endlessly produce a stereotyped design, right? We see that in our passage, that they were to create what they, they were, right? Exactly what they were. And so a particular spider, my, my, my boys, my sons love spiders. Isaiah loves spiders. Uh, my daughters do not. Uh, but he, he's all into spiders right now. And so he, he talks about all the different types of webs that a spider can make. Right? So a certain type of spider can make like six different webs. But that's all that spider can make. Right? So that, that's, it's a constant pattern that that's it. Right? There is no creativity uh, given. Okay? Same with the song of a bird. That species, whatever it is, may have a certain type of, of song, but that's the only song it has. Right? And so no, no originality, no creativity is demonstrated. And so man alone has the ability to reason, to act upon his thoughts, to use tools, to be creative, okay? <clears throat> so sinless Adam communed with God in the garden before the fall and was holy. You mentioned holiness. Because man is made in the image of God, whether he acknowledges it or not, he still seeks after beauty and holiness. <clears throat> but it's often the beauty of body rather than character and personal esteem rather than the glory of God. And Ephesians 4 speaks about the man recreated in the likeness of God, puts on true righteousness and holiness. Okay? And then lastly on this slide, we see God has made us with souls. We have a part of us that are immortal, just like God. And while our earthly bodies will die, there is a second death, a death of eternal separation from God that is possible for the souls of those who don't profess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So both image and likeness in our passage are synonyms, right? It says, let us make us in God's image, in our likeness of us. It speaks to resemblance. The word, the Hebrew word for image, salem, means the meaning of something that is carved or cut out. They're literally taken out, carved out of, his, of God's image, okay? So after our likeness, that phrase, much the same point, defining man as like God, though not divine and not God. Okay, but made with similar characteristics. And John Calvin again explains that man resembles God in that man 
in man, God's glory is contemplated as in a mirror. So again, we reflect God's glory uh, in, in our likeness of him. Okay? <clears throat> so with the ability of a, of a nature that reflects the divine image comes the responsibility to fulfill our chief end as God's creatures. And what is the chief end of man? To glorify God and enjoy him forever, right? First question of the shorter catechism, okay? So that is our chief end. That is what we are called to do. And as we're made in his image, that is how we can do it, all right? So part of this responsibility was also for man to have different roles, different uh, 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 systems uh, that he, uh, uh, that he uh, uh, held, okay? And so those roles are man's control. You'll see it on your handout, man's authority and man's presence, and these also coincide with the office of king, prophet, and priest, okay? And so as we know that Jesus has fulfilled those offices perfectly, okay, those offices were part of God's created creation for man as well, and we'll look at those, <clears throat> okay? So part of those responsibility was that we were, we were to do, fulfill those offices as well, okay? And so this is a, a picture uh, of the, uh, the, these lordship offices, again, as we're made in the image, God has given us these, okay, authority, control, and presence, and we'll look at those. So first one, man's control, okay? So, Todd said we serve as kings over creation, right? He, we are under him. We are lords, little lord, and we serve the lord of lords, the head, okay? And so part of that is God's given us part, part of, of control of, over his creation, okay? So a direct result of man bearing God's image is the kingly rule into at which mankind is called. So 26 says, let them have dominion over fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over livestock and over all the earth. Man's dominion takes a form of what well, in, 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 uh, in, in Middle Ages were called vice regency. So they, you were under a regent, okay? So you're vice, like the vice president is under the president, vice regency. You're under another, another authority, meaning that man exercises the authority of another, mainly God the creator, okay? So as God's royal servants, man is to rule on the earth in keeping with God's standards and purposes. <clears throat> one, one theologian said, all human beings are called to represent God's kingship through the whole range of human life on earth. And God's rule is not the rule of a despot, but the loving nature, so I mean loving nurture of a caring parent, okay? So not only is he king, he's also a loving father to us as well, right? Okay? And God's purpose for the earth involves a care that extends his blessing and peace by upholding the just principles of the laws that he created, the laws of nature, and we're part of, of that that he's created as well. So man should take God's goodness and bounty as his example and bearing his image and ruling on God's behalf, mankind is to do good on the earth. <clears throat> so God made man to rule everything from, if we look at the days, we go back to the days, okay, from day three to day six, right? So seas and land, sun, moon, and stars, creatures of the sky and sea, creatures of thy land, okay? Day one and two, day and night and heaven and earth are things that only God has power over, okay? So he is alone sovereign over those things. But from day three onward, God's given man the, and called man to have control over those things. Okay? So we're again, we're, we're vice regents. We're under God's authority in, in, in our control that he has given to us. Okay? And so we see in verse, the verse here, 27, 28, have dominion 
over the earth. So control the earth, okay? There's a responsibility, responsible part of that too, right? That in God's love for us, he's given us and allowed, this to, to, uh, allowed us to do this, but we are responsible to do that in a loving way as well, okay? <clears throat> All right? So our physical strength, someone, um, Nate mentioned our body, our physical strength is also a gift that God has given to us to allow us to have control, right? It's a major aspect of our power to subdue the earth and take dominion over it, okay? Now, of course, there's different levels of strength, but a, a person's strength, men and women, are strong and in different ways, and that, that is part of taking this dominion over, over creation, right? <clears throat> so this is called, sometimes called, again, the cultural mandate, okay, to subdue the earth, to have dominion over it, okay? And language, we talked about speech. Language is an important aspect of this. It brings the fact that man's task is one of turning the earth into a habitat for those that come after him, okay? One that's suited to the needs and purposes of each other, okay? So this task involves not only the cultivation of crops for food, but also the arts. We mentioned arts, sciences, literature, by which human life becomes more than just mere subsistence, okay? So at the deepest level, man's labor, we'll talk about work, but man's labor has the goal of bringing praise and glory to God. So that's what we're created for, okay? Created in his image to do that. So he's to structure, we're to structure his life and culture according to that, according to God's standard, okay? So human culture at first, we often talk about how it's anti-God. At first it was not, right? But because of the, the corruption of sin, now our culture is often rebellious and anti-God, okay? But we are still called to have dominion over the earth, to subdue it. We'll talk about that, okay? So that's part of our control that God gives us. <clears throat> so we're a king under God, responsible to worship and obey God, the king of kings, all right? All right, so the next, the next characteristic is man's authority, okay? Just the fact that God put him over the animals, placed him over these, is a sign of his authority, of our authority, okay? God is creator over all, made man lesser than himself, but granted him authority over all things of the earth. God grants man the authority to subdue and rule over all the created world. And we serve a God who speaks, we talked about speech. In Genesis 1, man's first experience with God is linguistic, right? He hears God's words. And later in Genesis 2, which we haven't got to yet, we will next week, but Genesis 2, God gives Adam his first specific task to name the animals. So he's, he's giving him a task with his speech, and he's calling Adam to use his speech to name the animals. Okay? His first specific task is to do that. And then later in Genesis 11, we see that because of sin, God confuses languages at the, power, the Tower of Babel. Because the powerful capacity of a common language allowed sin to run rampant, right? That was the problem with the Tower of Babel, was that they wanted to be God. And so God had to confuse them with their language, okay? <clears throat> so God determines that, it must, that that must be checked because of sin. But our authority comes from the Word of God, but God gives us that authority of speech as well. Okay? This is the root of the concept of prophecy. So in Bion's authority, we're also prophets, for God, okay? The root of this concept is that as God first spoke words to Adam, he is then to speak these words to his family and to those around him and to impose the cultural institutions and talk about these and establish these that observe God's standards and bring glory to him, all right? 
So to the extent that he does this, he speaks, man speaks with God's authority. Okay? <clears throat> All right? And so then the, the third office, uh, the third characteristic is man's presence. Okay? And again, this is, this is as a priest. Okay? Adam's not to be an absentee king. He's called not only to subdue the earth and have dominion over it, but also to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Okay? So Adam, as God's vassal king and prophet, is to fill the world over which he rules. Since he is not omnipotent as God is, he can fill it only by marrying and having children. Okay? So the cultural mandate is a historical gradual process in which man progressively blesses every part of the earth with his presence. Okay? And so man is called to do all to glorify God, fulfilling God's own purpose in creating the world. He's to pray and worship in, uh, God in every place, consecrating his labors, and seeking God's continual blessing. And God calls Adam to work and to rest. Okay? So work, the idea of work, is actually established with the creation of man. Okay? And we'll see how sin corrupted that, okay? but there is work to do. So I, I, I fight laziness. I know we'll talk about the, the, uh, the, uh, the effects of the fall, the, 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 the destruction of it. One of those is men, men want to be lazy. We do. I think it's a, a general, uh, general thing that we all fight, right? Okay, but initially work was created for us. And so we should not, in honoring God, we should not despise work, okay? We are called to work for God, okay? We're also called to rest, right? We see in the seventh day, seventh day was to rest. And we, were, we, we talked about that. I know Matt French talked about Sabbath rest. And, but rest in itself, a day separate, set apart, was established in creation. Okay? But we're called to be fruitful and multiply. We're called to do all to God's glory. And we're called to work and rest. Okay? So after the fall, to be sure, the priest must make sacrifice for the sins of the people. But the priestly work... The ministry of the priest is to pray for others and lead them in worship and thereby to bring God's blessings upon the people that he serves. So Adam's a priest to people wherever they are. Okay? So we see the offices of prophet, priest, and king established in man. Again, sin has corrupted that, and Jesus perfects that perfectly. Okay? And as, as the high priest, Jesus Christ is the one who comes nearest and best to taking human nature upon himself living our life, dying the death we deserve, making a sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice for us. And he intercedes for us now. He prays for us as well. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So man is God's son. This is, again, man. And when it says, we say man, we mean both men and women. Okay. So the universal man um, are made as God's sons. So we see as scripture examples. Okay. The concept, uh, the concept of sonship is very similar to that of image. The son resembles his father, in the, the resembling his father is the image resembling the thing reflected. Okay? And in the Hebrew, there's a, there's a kind of a phrase in Hebrew to say that someone is a son of something, it says that they have the same characteristics. Okay? They may not be in, in, a blood, in the, the actual bloodline, but they have the similar characteristics. Okay? So last, uh, uh, last spring, uh, my kids are in Awana. My oldest three, they love Awana. It's a great program. It, it, they, they really enjoy it. And they had an award ceremony uh, on, in, here in their sanctuary. And they were encouraged to do a little dance as they were going across the stage to pick up their awards. 
Well, afterwards, I, uh, I had several people come up to me because all three of my kids didn't, they had no, no desire to dance in front of the stage. And they said, well, that's clearly, they, they, they clearly reflect Andrew because I would not dance on a stage either. But our, our kids, our children reflect us in different ways, right? And it's a portion of our image as God reflects, as we reflect God's image, right? We see that in our children, okay? So some examples from scripture. Adam, in, in the genealogy of Luke, Adam is called the son of God. When it go, the genealogy goes all the way back to Adam, he's called the son of God. Israel is called God's son. Okay? Jesus Christ is the eternal son. And through him, we are redeemed as sons of God as well. Okay? <clears throat> Some other examples of these we see in Scripture. James and John are called sons of thunder. Barnabas, his name means, literally means the son of encouragement. So, that, it, again, those reflect a character trait of both of those, right? Uh, not necessarily that they look like thunder, but it's a character trait of them. They were probably, probably you know, a little, little ambitious, boisterous, something like that. Same with Barnabas. That's a character trait, okay? <clears throat> so, we as sons reflect and resemble God, okay? All right? <clears throat> All right. Again, as sons, we're given a position of preference and authority, so in the Old Testament, the firstborn son was given a double portion of the inheritance compared to all the others, okay? Solely because he was in that position. He was the firstborn son. And his position was one of preference and authority. He was also called to care for his parents later on, all right? And some of that portion may be a help to that, okay? All right? <clears throat> but sonship entails royal qualities. So like kings, the sons of God have power, authority, and presence, which we talked about within their domains. God describes the church as a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and people, a people for his own uh, possession. Okay? So we all are sons of God. We're given a position of preference and authority. So, uh, this is what the Westminster Confession of Faith talks about okay? uh, for, uh, in regards to uh, the creation of Adam and Eve. After God has made other creatures, he created a man, male and female, with reasonable and immortal souls, endured with knowledge, righteousness, and true holiness after his own image, having the law of God written in their hearts and power to fulfill it, and yet under a possibility of transgressing, being left to the liberty of their own will, which was subject unto change. Besides this law written on their hearts, they received a command not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which we'll talk about later, which, which while they kept, they were happy in their communion with God and had dominion over the creatures. Okay? So one of the chief questions that anyone can ask is, who am I? Right? The Bible answers that we're living creatures made by God to bear his own image. The stamp of God is seen on our moral and spiritual nature in our shared love within the community that he's given us and in our domain, excuse me, that's my alarm that I need to be done, and in our domain on God's behalf and especially in our calling to be in communion with God, in, in those with, with God, but also with those that he has established in us. So there's nothing that could grant a greater dignity along with human, uh, humanity before God than to realize that we are creatures designed to know and to be known by God and to love and to be loved by our maker. Okay? So we're made in the image of God, and we will talk more about what that looks like throughout the class. Okay? Uh, I wanted to leave a couple. We have two minutes left for any thoughts, last applications. Uh, ah, okay, yes.
Thank you. That's a, great, that's a great point. That has not been abolished, right? We are still called to be fruitful and multiply, to have dominion uh, over the earth, right? And there's still a responsibility in that. Yeah, good. Good. That's a great point, right? A lot of what you said is under attack in the world today, right? I mean, the very first thing God said about people is they're male and female. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, and, and, and those attacks are attacks on God, the authority of God, ultimately, right? Yep, absolutely. Because that is where it, it, this all comes from and stems from. Yep. Yep. I would say, going back to the uh, conversation about work, that work is before the fall. I think a lot of people assume that or feel that work is should be struggling because, um, because of the fall. And I think Well, right, and we'll and and we'll look at the 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 the, the issues fall the fall the the uh, the dis- distortion of work the destruction of it did make it difficult did make it hard right but the establishment of work itself was before that so yeah yeah all right it's nine fifty nine Jake you uh, you want to close us in, in prayer thank you for listening to Truth in Life if you enjoy this series make sure to subscribe and remember this is truth to live by.